we'll explore tanha, hunger, thirst, craving. And before we even touch the contemplation, I want to say something about your practice. Meditating to develop mindfulness, quality of investigation, developing tranquility and concentration, makes the mind more sensitive. And being more sensitive more astute, is exactly the conditions that allow the teachings to land in fertile soil, in soil that is ready, ready to learn, ready to let go, ready to be confused, ready to be released. And this sensitivity, therefore, really has a a liberating function. And at the same time, it's very fortunate that the meditative qualities also provide the balance of equanimity, the resting and respite of tranquility, and the ability to actually meet this human experience without being thrown so far off balance that we don't know what to do with it. So we meditate with that knowledge and uh, there's a kind of a skill, skill in means that comes with that kind of clear awareness, Sampajanya. To engage in the Dhamma directly then, I want to encourage despite the power of these teachings, that you continue to really give attention to the meditative qualities. It will be challenging because this is such compelling stuff, whether it's your internal investigation or that of your partners, is compelling or can be. So check the pause when you practice. Intentionally pause in places maybe you wouldn't ordinarily do so to remember and brighten the sati.
really checking relax is to you know check the receiving of what's being said by the other and internally your own experience to really meet it and not backing away and to practice with open is to remain in relation to expand beyond the shell of the self where the bhava, the becoming, is so strong. And when things get difficult or fast or challenging or even being with this partner can be challenging, trust emergence. The impermanence is always there, always here. And the great challenge of listening deeply as the mind wants to go out and identify and fix or become absorbed in its own thoughts. And the challenge and opportunity of speaking the truth where even if something is being said about your life out there or your life in the abstract it's actually not spoken unless it's true here and now and you touch it in the body, you touch it in the mind states and somehow language comes up from the wordless and you're present with that. This is your practice to support the investigation of tanha. And we'll begin with the kama tanha, the hunger for pleasure. And because this one is um, runs the gamut from being so patently obvious to so incredibly subtle, and because it includes all the sensory pleasures that you hunger for, as well as the social relational pleasures, it's a vast field. So we're just going to have time to just touch it. But please invite yourself to actually touch it and be touched by it. Each of us is this uh, an instance of this organism that is both separate and part of the larger organism of the related human life. Moving through this world of other humans, seeking the pleasure and avoiding the pain, just as we do with food and temperature, hot and cold, that we seek and avoid sharp things and soft things and so on. Sharp people and soft people, same thing. What are the patterns of this life? How do they manifest in this very moment? The personality, the character, the lifestyle, how you've set up your house and your car and your work and your persona. to obtain pleasure and then steer away from pain.
And it's don't just talk about the strategies because those are so obvious. You already probably, while I'm talking, know what I'm talking about. Touch the tanha. You can only do that underneath the words. Only in the pause can you touch the tanha. The sense of that urging, the relentless, ubiquitous urging. Let that pause and your partner's pause be generous. Touching the wisdom of it, the wisdom of the Dhamma. We'll continue in just a moment with this kama tanha, this hunger for pleasure in all its forms. Just a chance to check your practice. Come home to the moment in simplicity of silence. And just to offer something that might enhance your perspective, I don't know. The gratification of pleasures is well acknowledged. I mean, the, you know, for example, the Buddha spoke about this gratification uh, quite a bit. And so does most of our body of art. But uh, there's a push that never lets go. If you could touch that push, and there's a, like a danger in it, not only because you can't always get what you want, but just because it, there's always a push, always a push for more. And therein lies the human dilemma. Pause, relax.
as the body-mind settles. You might become aware of a constant surging forth of a sense of being, of here I am, all the contacts with consciousness, the seen and the heard and so on, being woven into this sense of me now. And perhaps as you sit here with another person, you could also become aware of the sense of me here now, constantly navigating being seen. The strategies for feeding this sense of self through the gaze of others is something each of us has been cultivating our entire lives. until the patterns become invisible, assumed. And the energy that drives it is a constant press. And there's never enough. That's the thing about tanha. There's never enough. You get some praise temporary satisfaction, and you go seeking more. In fact, maybe even more intensively, because that feeling of pleasure of being seen is so great. And let's remember that this bhava-tanha, this hunger to become and constantly re-become and validate our existence, to become something. Yes, it produces suffering, for sure, in this constant pressure and the disappointments and the things that makes us do to be seen causes suffering for others and so on. But this same Bhavatanha has us doing very good things for people. People name museums after themselves and schools and hospitals. Big self, but a lot of good. We also gain this sense of self around our good deeds, our kindness, our sharing of Dhamma, and so on. But that still 
if we can touch the part that is rooted in craving, that is pushed and pressed, not that flows naturally, like the daisies in the field, but more like the bulldozer building that hospital. See me, hear me, remind me how good I am, that I exist. And the ways we do this in our intimate relations, see me. In fact, we have contracts like marriage and so on that help, uh, it's like a futures market in being seen. And as well as all the goodness and generosity, don't get me wrong, it's all mixed up. But can we touch the push, the press of the hunger? The drinking, the gulping, the going out to get, the personality forms around how can I get, how can I keep getting? More, more. So many, so many forms come up out of this. You can discover them yourself. So many actions. And again, there is gratification, right? If there weren't gratification, we wouldn't keep being motivated to get more. But there is gratification. But there's also this danger. The danger of the press itself, the danger of how our actions might affect others negatively, and the danger, above all, of remaining trapped by being in this push. That's not free. A lot of good in it, a lot of bad in it, but there's no question, it's not free. We are the slaves of our tanha. This becoming grips us. One can feel it now. When there's not enough stimulation for me to feel like I exist, I make some. I go get it. I bungee jump. I dance. I have lots of thoughts. I emote, I exist. I get more and more friends. I exist more and more. The me gets bigger and bigger. Is there no end? And this is where we are right now, here. The Eightfold Path, here. 
and the way out is through, which is your practice right now. When you pause and relax, let it blossom into open and see what the being seen feels like now, if you want to touch it now. Just as the bell rings, you might explore the becoming now. Becoming in this relationship, becoming in this body-mind right now. Even the mind that speaks to itself, becoming with each word spoken or each sensory contact that is grasped onto. No grasping, no becoming, no problem. But where there's grasping, there's becoming. Becoming as a sensory being, becoming where the senses expand into relationality. It's all one large complex or fabric of this dynamic life. Grabbing onto pain, grabbing onto fear. I am scared. I am hurting. I am lonely. I am great. I am a failure. It's all bhava. It's all gripping into self out of the flux of anicca, of impermanence. And the impelling of this hunger behind all of this, this urging, longing to exist, to be seen, to become. So important was this teaching, you find it as the second noble truth, you know, this tanha, the origin of suffering, this is it. And you want to define liberation, freedom, nibbana, nirvana. Nibbana bhava nirodo. Nirvana, nibbana is the cessation of becoming. Right there.
the mind flooded with becoming and its strategies and its push, the juices and the hormones driving the constant reforming of an always tenuous me. trying to get its grip on the sand hills of life. And sometimes we find a little grip, you know? And that becomes a resting place, or if we figure out how we got that grip, how we got that food for the self, then we can make a real strategy of it. We have a nice home or garden that everybody admires or a great sense of humor or really smart or we're pretty or ways to become we're very kind. We're tough. Wherever the mind lands and grasps, there it becomes. So take your time. Speak the truth, you know, where, where you present the contemplation and you go beneath the obvious, your own internal obvious, you go beneath that. Pause and relax and open into that emergence. And there we can touch actuality in some sense. And that's the truth to be spoken. Take your time. body is sitting. The body is breathing. The body is sensing. The mind states are like this right now. could check how's the mindfulness how's the quality of investigating the mind this very experience
How's the energy? Vitality. Strength. And even touching tanha, how is the joy, the rapture inherent in awareness being recognized? Is there tranquility now? Not perfect, but where do you find it? Do you catch the traces or the signs of concentration? Even as you stay with one topic for hours. And how is the equanimity? Balance of mind. And let these qualities support you now as we shift the contemplation to the hunger for non-becoming the hunger to get out, to escape, to not be. This sensitive organism constantly encountering a completely changing, insecure, contingent world every sense contact shifting, every relationship complex and uncontrollable beyond naming. And this body-mind just wants to withdraw too much time in the bright light and we want to go to sleep. The bright light of other people's eyes. And we pull away. The bright light of being known, being exposed in all of our brokenness or confusion. No, no, you can see this part, don't see that part. That place where, look at me, look at me, look at me, turns to, far enough, stop. The strategies of disconnection, hiding. The modes and means of escape. Whether it uses substances or activities or just the cleverness of the mind to escape, to escape in protective viewpoints and ideas and religions.
escape by simply running away, closing down. The public figure does his or her public act, turns away and must close the door, put the gates up on the mansion, stay out. And the private figure, building the walls thick enough to stay private, the fear of intimacy, where alcohol doesn't just become a means to get temporarily happy, but a more or less permanent means of escape. Where meditation becomes a hiding from the world rather than a liberating intimacy with it. Get me out. There's no peace in that. There's no stability. There's no rest. It's never safe enough. The walls are never thick enough. The personality barriers are never strong enough. They always have to be shored up and maintained. And this becomes a force in our lives, just as the force for becoming and the force for pleasure, this urging. And the gripping that happens as a result of this force and I am, I am hiding, stay away from me. However you look at it, the very tender, very tender side of the human experience very deep. And liberation is liberation, the cessation of hunger, cessation of suffering. So take your time. Pause and relax will really support you here. Don't just talk your way through the obvious. Meditate, contemplate. And if you ever wonder where this Vibhava tanha, this hunger for not being seen, is pause, relax, and open. And see if the heart opens boundlessly and flawlessly just with this one person now. Without quivering, without trembling. I don't know. Very sensitive. this shared human experience from which no one short of the liberated is exempt. So take your time, be kind to yourself and your meditation partner. Pause, relax, and open.
just checking your meditation practice. Mindfulness. Investigation, energy. Joy. Tranquility. Check the concentration. Check the equanimity. Letting your practice support you as you again touch this hunger for getting out. What's the quality of it? Go underneath. Any sense of retracting, contracting, closing, the sensitivity, the kind of the pain when, when just being sensitive is so much, just each touch. Or when it becomes a big dark fog. What is it for you? This vibhavatanha. Going beneath our own obvious is one of the gifts of meditation. Much deeper than conversation. but the right effort to stay with it is, yields fruit. You can see for yourself. You have the support of a meditation partner and a life where it's all known right now. Suffering and the end of suffering. Just to note that there's just a few minutes left. Whatever needs to be spoken or whatever silence needs to be noted. to offer your gratitude to your meditation partner. You might do that now. And we'll join together in the circle. 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.